What's poppin', what's poppin', what's poppin'? Welcome to Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. Sup, Moose? What up, y'all? And today, we are going to be talking about a very creative, energy full of... I don't know if there's words to get to really explain him. My man has a chicken nugget body pillow. We'll get into that. None other than Travis Scott. Hey. hey. How we feeling about this? Yeah, a very unique sound, man. Like learning about this guy's story and where he was and then how just a few small adjustments came together for him. And next thing you know, he really started having his name mentioned in a lot of big circles that gave him the opportunities that have led him to where he is today. So, yeah, it's cool to see someone who you wouldn't traditionally see take the path to success, but still made it nonetheless. So much, much respect to him for making it happen. Work with Kanye, Young Thug, T.I., uh, like I said, a chicken nugget body pillow. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just get into the intro. Two kids from Queens, cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. So before we get into this Travis Scott talk, uh, let's talk about an addiction I'm trying to get away from. Okay. Uh oh. Um. Mm. So, uh, shout out to Wawa. Uh, you don't sponsor us yet, but I spend so much money on you that you might as well. So I don't mind talking about them. So, um, I'm staying far away from them. Um, ever since COVID, like, I think I only had them once through, through COVID. I think when Virginia was like, Hey, um, you're allowed to go outside again. Hey. And I went straight to Wawa scared all get up. I ordered it from the phone, but then I never went back. Right. And the reason why is because I will eat that every single day, every Mm. single day. I have an addictive mindset, and so if I like something, I'm going to eat it over and over and over again. Um, and so I'm trying to stay away, but the the little Wawa person in me is like, hello, I haven't had the soft pretzel or the hoagie or anything Come like back. that. <laughs> right. I'm yeah. like, I'm trying to be good, but I already have a $50 bagel addiction that's happening. Shout out to my followers who send me bagels, but now it's time for me to buy it. And that's an expensive um, vibe. That's an expensive bagel. When you say you spent $50 on a dozen of bagels, I'm yeah. like, yo, yeah. hold up now. Yeah, I get it. They, uh, they, they taxing you for shipping like, like it's legit coming from New York. Wait, no, is it really coming from New York? It is coming from New York. It's coming from oh. H&H Bagels, right, which is my favorite spot. Um, and the shipping is actually supposedly free. So, uh, nah, yeah. we're going to have to look a little deeper into that. They may have just, uh, you know, added the cost 
Listen, <laughs> listen, I don't know, but a dozen. And then if you add cream cheese, like if you you add the spread to it, it's like 65 or something like that. I'm like, okay, um, Philadelphia cream cheese. I'm I'm still going to go with you. Okay. We make I'm, it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that deep for me. Um, but yeah, I, I've been trying to stay away from the bagels, but it's just like, nah, this is going to be, I was going to make it like a quarterly thing, like treat yourself to H and H every quarter. Mm. Nah, it's, it's, yeah, it was, it was straight up crackhead vibes. Like, oh my God. Okay. Um, no, I'm not going to order it. No, no, I'm not going to, uh, shout out (laughs) to the internet who makes everything so easy. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, and, and I, this is probably where we became siblings because the bagel vibes. I'm like, yo, uh, I'm I'm about I have minimum minimum four to five bagels a week. Just, like mm. that's me being generous. That's like, oh, because I didn't have one for you know like a quick little snack. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm bageled out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, if yeah, I, I was bagels. yeah, if I was in New York, I would have a bagel every single day. Um, but now I'm just gonna have an expensive habit because. When they were sending me it, I had a whole, I had 30 days worth of bagels. Wow. I was eating. Did you so have you, one every day? I had, of course. Of every course. Day. Every day. Yeah, wow. Every day. So wow. every day I have a, I have three eggs on something, okay? I have okay. either in a breakfast burrito vibes or I'll have it on a bagel now. And when I had it on mm. a bagel, it was like, I look so forward to it. It wasn't. Anyways, we're just getting too much into my addictive. I'm getting ways. hungry just listening to yeah, this. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry to all the listeners who just got like mad at us. Like, yo, I'm kind of yeah, hungry. Uh. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what else to tell you. However, let's get into these reviews. Shout out to everybody who sends us a review on the podcast. If you haven't. Send those reviews, send those reviews. We see them, we read them, we appreciate them. And then today, I'm going to go over, who is this person? Uh, ooh, uh, K- say that, say that one. K- oh, it's cut off on my side. Let me see some. Somebody, uh, chaos, oh, chaos the rapper. I need to learn how to read, I promise you. Uh, reading is not <laughs> <laughs> what was it last I time I could Yeah, last time was I, I'm butchered that person's name estate. and it was yeah, it was some mistake. <laughs> we was laughing at that. That was hilarious. So she said, yeah, some mistake. <laughs> so, uh, so this one says, brilliant. Do you know how people listen to music in their headphones and do strange things? Me. I'm people doing strange things. I don't know anything about sports, but the gems y'all drop feel like I'm in the game running quarterback down the center field gold, whatever that means. Mm. Shout out to you, Chaos, the rapper. Appreciate the review and everybody who sends us the reviews. We appreciate it. We're going to make sure we highlight at least one person an episode because we don't want y'all to think like it doesn't mean anything to us because it does. It does. Um, Moose. Are you addicted to anything? Hold on. Before we get into that, are you addicted to anything or is it just me? I don't really, I really feel like I'm alone in this. All people who are addicted feel though. I do, I do like to eat. I am, you may not see it physically, uh, but, but I, 
I already saw your reaction. Like, oh, <laughs> listen, yeah. listen. Yeah. For those who don't know, right? And maybe in the future we'll do like a a Nikki and Moose squad retreat or something where cool. Moose will be in the pool looking like a Muslim mm-hmm. Hulk. I just want to put that out there. He eats a lot, uh. but you will never see it. Never. I mean, my man, me and him go back and forth on desserts. Like we get really excited about desserts and I'm the only yeah. chubby one because I eat all the desserts, but he, he, I don't know where he puts them. I really don't. I just. Help me. Help me. <laughs> and, oh man. Hey, yeah. shout out to my metabolism system. I don't know if mom or dad gave that. Whoever, <laughs> you know, whoever contributed to that, we appreciate you. <laughs> it's what? helping us uh, continue to eat what we enjoy into the thirties and I'm loving it. Let's oh my it. goodness. All right. Let's get into this episode. People are like, yo, what? Shout out to <laughs> metabolism. Food? What is going on? <laughs> This is crazy. Anyways, all right, Travis Scott, right? Um, first off, normally we go with like the older legends um, and people who've been doing it, but I think Travis Scott lately has been doing so much amazing things that we have to talk about it. I mean, yeah, between Fortnite, the McDonald's collab. Nike collab, everything that's going on, we we have to touch on, especially the Fortnite. When we get to that part, I'm going to go crazy because that right there was genius. That right yeah. there was genius. But let's do what we normally do as far as let's try to figure out what my man is as far as the flight assessment. If you haven't taken the flight assessment yet, flightassessment.com. This has changed both myself, Moose's life. We rock with it with E. But in a minute and 30, Moose, can you explain what this pilot, this flight attendant, this grounds crew, this air traffic controller, what are these things? Why are we trying to associate it with Travis? What are we doing? Absolutely. So the whole idea behind it, man, is to give you an opportunity to see what are some of the traits that you might share in common with some of these greats, artists, entrepreneurs that you look up to and see what are some maybe of their strategies or ideas that you can follow or implement into your own brand and business and see similar returns, maybe not on a similar magnitude in terms of numbers right away, but still just based off of your talents and who you match with, that can be someone that you follow more closely. So uh, short, it's based off of the four dominant personality types that we know exist in the world. Uh, We use the airport theme or the flight theme to really bring it together. And first we look at the pilot, right? And when you observe a pilot in their natural habitat, typically as soon as they get on the plane, they go straight into the cockpit and they're focused on getting the plane from where it is to its final destination. So when we look at people who have pilot-dominant personality types, they are the A-type people in the room who are extremely driven. They love problems and challenges. They're motivated to go after the thing that everyone might be afraid of, and they're always looking to get to the bottom line, right? But next up, you have the flight attendant. Now, the flight attendant has a, a slightly different swag. They're more about the people, the experience, the charisma, right? Making sure that they look good, they feel good. They want to have a great time. So this is the life of the party, the people who 
are great with people. They, they have great people skills, very charming, and they rely on their ability to connect and influence others to get their way up to the top. Right. Next up, you have the grounds crew, one of my favorite characters of the group. Now, the grounds crew, when you watch them from your seat, if you're sitting by the window, they're putting bags onto the plane. They are bringing up snacks and beverages to the flight attendant. They're even helping the pilot navigate the plane from the runway to the gate or vice versa. So they have a lot of different things going on. But what we know about them is that they're extremely loyal to a specific vision. So people who are grounds crew personalities, they tend to be very supportive. They're very empathetic. They have great listening skills. So you might not necessarily hear them or see them or observe them right away, but they're usually in the back in the cut somewhere, just kind of observing you and warming up to you or when they feel comfortable with you, that's when they're able to really open up and and get comfortable. And then last but not least, you have the air traffic control up in the tower somewhere. Again, you don't hear from them. You don't see them, but you hear of them, right? Pilot will come on the intercom and say, hey, uh, Air traffic control said that we're next up in line to take off. We're going to need just a couple more minutes. So air traffic control, the people in that tower, they're typically thinking about the small details. They're thinking about how do our decisions today from an organization or a strategy standpoint impact our future, right? So they care about the details, the scheduling. They want to make sure no two planes are taken off at the same runway or landing at the same time. So those are the people, again, who work a little bit more with details, stats, things of that nature, but bring it all together That is the flight assessment. It's a lot. It's a lot. Thank you, Bruce. Yep, 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 yep. yep. So uh, let's get into this first clip. Um, This was an interview he did at Hot 97. And just talking about how did he get his different sound? Like a lot of people... He's a very creative guy. So every creator has their own different process of how they figured it out. This is his. When I first came in, I always made music to make it like other people. I don't know if that makes sense, but like you like were mimicking people. Yeah, I was other mimi- staff. I was mimicking other like artists when I was like 13 years old, 14 years old, making beats and making music just to like get the sound. Right. And so, like, you know, I think every producer, any young producer, like when they do that, they make like their favorite rapper. They make the same beat, make the same rap. They're like, okay, this is how they did it. To understand it completely. Completely. Okay, the breakdown. So then when I grew up, I was like, okay, start. Now you got to translate it to your own sound. And da da da. So that kind of like, you know, grew me up. First off, air horns. Hey. Uh, Moose, start this off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this a lot, man. You know, one of the things that I truly believe is that no one is self-made, right? Like I know that, especially uh, for the entrepreneur, this is something that people take near and dear to their heart. Like, hey, I didn't get no handouts. Uh, I'm I'm self-made. And I'm going to go against the grain here and say, look, maybe you didn't get money. You didn't get funds to help you start. But you're not self-made, right? You followed the path of somebody else. You took after someone's style or information. Something contributed to where you are right now. So you can't completely throw a blanket statement out there and say, yo, I'm self-made. So I like what he says here. He's like, you know, I started by 
mimicking the style of other artists, those who came up before me, who kind of maybe led the way. And we saw Kanye, you know, similar to a few other producers in the game who kind of laid the tracks for him. So he's letting you know that was the key to his success for anybody starting off on the journey. Don't be afraid to mimic the style. We talked about it, but he gives you the key nugget towards the end there. And he says, once I got a little older, then I started changing it up and going into my own style. And this is definitely where I want you to talk about it a little bit too, Nick's, because we talk about that area where if you try to pretend to be somebody else, you know, you be, become a 2.0 version of somebody else. It just never really clicks. Um, so I, I love that he, yes, he followed that to master his craft and kind of get in the lane, but then eventually started venturing off into his own space and creating something a little bit different. I know he talked about, in one of the articles that I was reading, he talked about he liked uh, Maroon 5, mm -hmm. Gym Class Heroes, you know, like a, a few other bands, but he was like, it just didn't give me the exact feel that I wanted. It was either too happy or too dark. And I wanted a nice combination between the two. So you can see where he started, as he figured out how to do it, he went out and, and, and created something that was unique to him, uh, per se, which what, what you got on this one? So I think for me, especially as being a creator, like we always have to start with the foundation, right? So there are people who's done it before us. So of course, we're going to try how they did it just to get the base of things, right? We can't Though there's some things and some styles that we can just go off the bat and just go like and try it and see if it works. There's some things that in our industries and in our lanes, we have to stay true to the foundation that was built. Right. So for him, he was talking about producers and he tried to actually recreate the same exact songs. Right. To see if he could get the same snares, the same drum sound, you know, uh, when the vocals come in and everything like that, because you need to understand how to compose certain things as a creator. And once you figure that out, then you can put your own kind of style. So I think that and it's not only just creators, it's anybody who's really creating something, whether it's a brand, content, clothes, whatever, have you perfected the foundation first, right? And then have you tried to create your own lane now that you know the foundation? So I love that he even admitted like, yeah, I copied. I straight up took their songs and I tried to do it myself. Word by word, beat by beat, I tried to do it. And then when I got older, then I put my own mix to it. And now when you look at Travis Scott, there isn't anybody who really has that sound. And yeah. some who've tried sound like a copy, right? And in the beginning, he probably sounded like a copy. I think there was a uh, man, I forgot the, the name of it, but the one that he got discovered with the video that caught the attention of Kanye and T.I., I looked at it and it was almost a straight copy of Kanye, right? Wow. It sounded like him, the video, the visuals, which would explain why they are as close as they are, because 
the two of them, the way they treat their videos, the way they treat their beats and music and everything like that, it um, has similar vibes. But you can see as Travis Scott matured, he became his own genre, it almost seems like. And and we're going to get into that clip where he speaks on that. But it does take you to understand the foundation. It does take for you to take whether you're in basketball and understanding the crossover, just like how Allen Iverson did understanding, you know, the, um, the hook as maybe like a T pain did or something like that. That's the people who are known for what they do. You may want to try to even behind the scenes, not necessarily out front. Like he never said, I copied and I put it out to the world, right? He did that in the lab. He copied verbatim what they were doing behind the lab and and really recreating it. I think Swiss Beats had kind of the similar vibes when he started out, right? He was surrounded by a whole bunch of producers and he was figuring out the foundation and then found his own lane. So when it comes to these greats, they all study, they all try to mimic, they all try to perfect it and then figure out their own lane. So I think from a creator standpoint, even just business standpoint, we have to look back and see who's done it before and what we can learn from them and what we can add on to it. I think that's what the biggest thing that I got from that clip was. For sure. For sure. And I think it's a it's a great opportunity for anyone who who's struggling with their purpose or where to start or how to start. That might be something you want to consider right now, you know, rather than trying to come up with something completely unique. Figure out how someone got to the success that they had Mm -hmm. and literally try and duplicate it. Like, see if you can start with just that similar blueprint. I mean, listen to Nikki Amush. Uh, shameless plug here. That's pretty much what we try and give you guys, but <laughs> you get the idea, right? It's like, but definitely down that path. Uh, I wanted, I wanted to ask you though, Nick's talk about, you know, like we talk about that part where he says, but when I got older, yeah, I switched off and created my own sound. Yeah. Like when do you know it's the right time to start venturing off now and get creative? Because I'm sure somebody out there is listening like, okay, I'm feeling you on that, but I'm right there and I'm afraid to do something different because what if I lose the people that that I brought with me in the beginning? Maybe that's a thought or I want to do it, but I'm just not sure which direction because I don't want to feel like I'm just hopping on the bandwagon. Like, how do you know what's the right time? How do you do it? Um, When you're ready to get to the next level. I don't I don't know if that was the answer that some people wanted, but I mean you're always going to reach a ceiling copying somebody, right? Mm. Um, You're never going to be number one. You're maybe going to be number two at most, but you're never going to be number one. Now, some people feel great kind of reaching top 10, you know, that's cool. But when you create your own style, there ain't no competition, For me, I don't even like competition to the fact of in a crowded area. Like, I'd rather create my own style so I stand out. 
right? And when it comes to these legends, I, I feel like they done the same thing and not calling Travis. Well, no, I could say he is a legend in his own lane for the genre of music that he's made. Absolutely. Um, him and Young Thug are in their own kind of wave over there. Right. When it comes to the younger generation. And it's, oh, my God, I sound so old. I hate that. Mm-hmm. I'm never saying that again because I'm not old. That's trash. Trash. But anyways. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, the younger generation. Uh, yeah, no, that because no, like, really, I listen to Travis Scott. What am I talking about? But it's well, the only reason I say that is because the clip comes from Hot 97, which is Ebro. Right. And Ebro mm-hmm. always is like, yo, you chill with young Doug. I don't understand anything he's saying. It's not that that's not cool. And like Ebro always takes a longer time. No offense, Ebro. Love you to death. Been listening to you for years, but it always takes him a minute. And I think he's gotten better with it, but it always takes him a minute to catch on because his generation was so used to the biggies and the Tupacs and, you know, just the the lyrical breakdown of what we know as New York hip hop. And so hearing anything different, he's like, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Right. Yet, right? Mm. Um, but that's what happens when you create new styles. People are not going to understand it right away. And, and going right back to it, because I'm circling back, right? Going right back to it. You can't worry about your existing audience because they're there because you mimic something, but you will never understand your true identity if you stay in that lane. There's a whole other audience and there's whole other people that are waiting for what you do when you step into that. But it, if you stay right there, in the pocket that everybody has done and the situation that everybody is used to, you're going to reach that barrier. You're going to reach where you cannot grow anymore because now you're waiting for the person who originated that to grow so you can copy instead of you creating it and you growing on your own. So you're honestly depending on a person or an industry for your growth instead of your own. Yeah, that's real. That's real. I like that. I like that. I put it in our. I put it in our in our draft. I'm gonna tweet that out. Nikki said, uh, "You're always gonna hit a ceiling when you're copying someone else." I'm like, "Yo, that's a bar right there. That needs to be." I'm just saying. Hey. I'm just saying. Um, but uh, let's get into this next one because this also talks about his style. Um, and how he feels he fits, whether he is a rock star or a hip hop artist. I wouldn't even put myself in neither category. Uh, they both have stereotypes, right? And I'm just like, uh, I'm a person that go against all types of stereotypes. And I feel like, um, I just create music for living. That's it. I don't make it for like, it's not a specific color, race. Uh, you know, you know, sex, gender, is just for like a lifestyle. Sure. You know, um, now whether you deem it as rock star, hip hop, it's up to you. But to me, it's just like music. So, first off, let me do my usual. 
I got to make sure people are up. You know what I mean? So right. um, that clip came from show studio. And what I love about it, because we can't put a label on Travis. If anybody right. has seen his like performance, my man has like mosh pits. He's hmm. he's doing he's jumping into the crowd. He has everybody beating each other up. Hence why I never want to go to a Travis Scott thing because I don't I don't want bumps and bruises. That's not going to be for me. But I would love to see him live if it was like high up, sitting, chilling. Right. That's all. I'm the not. I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm not going to get punched. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. But if anybody is going to, if anybody has seen like uh, clips of Astro World and any of his live performance, it looks amazing it looks rock star kind of vibe where hip-hop artists may have choreographers in the back you know um they may not even do much movement they'll just move their hands and have the mic and that's about it or they'll have a squad of like 70 people on the stage and that's a hip-hop cart uh concert so how Travis is you really can't put a title to it and I think Moose my question to you is do we put too much weight on titles and trying yeah, to to box people in into what we deem them to be yeah yeah no that's major let me say this if if you're very if you're just starting off and you're really concerned about a title you really need to check your insecurity Right. Because you're probably trying to find a title so that when somebody asks, oh, so what do you do? And you're like, oh, well, I am uh, an engineer. <laughs> right. Like th that's an insecurity issue. I would just have to be real, Nikki, because I and, and you know what? Let me be super honest. Mm -hmm. That was me. That was me. I was I was at a point when I first started my career, man, stretching back to as early as my college days when I, I've always worked. I've always been between work and school and baseball and things of that nature. So as early as that, when I started hanging out and people were older than me and they would always ask the question. So what do you do for work? And I'm like, uh, you know, I got to find a cool title. Right. And I realized, yo, at deep down, some of us really struggle to find a title or stress out about titles because we want to cover an insecurity that we have about what people will take us as when we don't say something that is so fancy and, you know, glittered with, with, with suave and lights. Mm -hmm. So I would say, check your insecurities first. But then the second part of it is, man, I got the best piece of advice about, about this. Stop worrying about what you need to call yourself and focus on what you need to become for your people. Wait, first of all, you're not going to speed past that like you didn't just say what you just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pete that. Yeah, yeah. I would say, man, I know, I know it's, it's, it's important. We need the titles. But spend less time worrying about what you're going to call yourself, what title you're going to wear, and focus more about who you need to become to serve your audience or your people. That, that is where it really clicks, Nick. So... All right, because there's people out there that, um, how do I put this? Know a person or is the person that because of the title, it gives them the power. 
right? And so, but you're saying don't focus on the title. But if power to some structures is attached to a title, how do, how do we not associate, how do we not want to be attached to a title? Well, truth, truth be told, I don't know if power is what somebody should be focused on fighting for in the beginning of their business or their brand. You should be working on building a body of work or resume that gets people to trust you and you deliver on the promises that you're making in the marketplace. Because I know you and I feel the same exact way. We can't stand getting sold on some phenomenal marketing and branding and then we get the product and the service and it don't match up. Right. So, so okay, you have the title. You caught me with the title. I would say spend more time in figuring out how to explain what you do, simplifying what it is that you deliver and how you help people. That's more important. And then just wait and listen until they start giving you a name or a nickname or a title for what you say. Like, I'm sure you have some of your nicknames. I remember it was Jorge who started calling me Professor X. Yeah. And then Val said, this doctor. Yeah. You know, Moose is something that I've had since I was younger playing baseball and growing up. So that, that's another thing that goes with it. But it was just about you serve the people for what you do well and, and you focus on delivering on your promises. And then sure enough, people will start kind of giving you some ideas of what to call yourself. I, I mean, talk about maybe the experience for you. I, don't, I hope it's different so that we can give two sides of the coin here. But yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I have something against titles, man. But I would say just because I struggled with it so much that I'm like, man, screw these doggone titles. I just help people. So you make me smile. Um, <laughs> hey, 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 y'all hear, hey, somebody sound bite that, tweet it out. No, no, uh, no, no, nobody do no, that. Nobody do that. Um, <laughs> no, um, I couldn't agree with you more just because um, I, I think too many people hang their hats on titles so much. But like, I hate titles. I hate titles because it doesn't define who you are. Like a man-made title doesn't define that, right? Um, it got to the point where, like, even people were asking me, like, what's your title? And I was just like, one of one. That's, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I, you, can't, you can't box me in, and maybe that's the pilot in me. You can't box me in into a title. Um, mm. it, it is crazy because... Even with, um, I can say this, even with ETA, right? I can say this Um, because sometimes I got to, I got to calm myself down, but they put like business development strategies and because they didn't know what else to call me. Right. And I was like, I don't, I don't do none of that. That doesn't even sound like me. Now, when you read into the description Maybe, but like, that doesn't even sound cool. That doesn't even sound like nothing that I do. And it's weird. And like everything from creating content, the online branding to the strategy to um, so many things from launching and all that stuff, you can't necessarily put it into a box and be like, this is who you are. I'm Nikki. That's it. Like, if you need to categorize me, 
that's cool. But I, I realized from years ago, I do not like titles. There's nothing yeah. about me that likes titles because it like, I think I've been, what's, what's the, not traumatized one. What's the one lower than traumatized? Cause traumatized is, is like, I feel scared. Can we something. say mesmerized? Mesmerized is we, like, we could try yeah. that. You follow yeah. me where I'm going with this. So, um, I think because of military and, and then going into corporate, like you could see people who are unqualified taking certain titles and messing up that whole situation, messing up the job, messing up the project, everything like that. But because they have a title, there's certain things that has to happen for them to be dethroned. Mm. And for me, I'm more focused on the work than necessarily the title. I will respect you more if, you could back it up with your actual work. You have credentials based off the work that you've done than necessarily the title that you hold because anybody can make up a title. There, These titles didn't come from anywhere but a random person that was like, hmm, yeah. you know what? Yeah. Let's call this person the senior vice president digital content creator uh, phenomenon. What? Wow. Where did you come from? Where did that? That sounds right. amazing, but what is that? What? What in the world is that? And then they come up with this template of a description and keep it moving. Um, so for me, I don't care for titles. It doesn't define me. Um, my work defines me, and that's what I hang my hat on. Facts. Word. <laughs> But let's talk some business talk, okay? So um, he collaborated with video games and fashion, um, not only just music, okay? We're not talking about the 17 million features he has and has done and all the people he's worked with and not talking about that. I'm talking about, a body pillow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm talking about extra lettuce on a quarter pounder with cheese. My man collabed with McDonald's. That doesn't happen. That doesn't. But let's yeah. get it. Let's let's see what he talks about when he's talking about McDonald's, Fortnite, and even NBA 2K. They hit me up to do something, and I was like, "Yo, I really love." It. It's like actually one of my. Things that kept me going when I was a kid, uh-huh. uh, whatever I was doing, like a quarter pounder is like the my favorite thing to grab late at night, especially. I love video games. I really like it. So I, think it's, I think it's pretty dope, man. I just encourage every other kid, too, to like, man, just be focusing. You know, yeah, this is possible for, you know, kids to, to do whatever they want. I mean, you play 2K, right? Yeah, I play 2K all the time. It means a lot because, you know, it reaches a lot of people in like different communities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, to be able to be in the game, it just to inspire people, just dope. So, um, and Moose, I know you got stats for days with this one. Um, yeah. I, I want to kind of set it up before we get into the stats of 
you you gotta you gotta collab with things you honestly like love. It's only going to work if there is like a deeper meaning. Like my man with the McDonald's, like, yo, this is what I honestly ordered. We really did the meal how I honestly ordered it. Barbecue on the side, extra lettuce, like everything about this meal. Like it, he even said it was weird me going to a McDonald's and ordering it the same way I do. Oh, you so you want the Travis Scott? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that one. You know, mm-hmm. um, right. just working with brands and companies of things you honestly use on a regular basis or who have like some childhood memory. Like even when he did Astro World for his tour and his album, he was like, yo, I grew up with Astro World and they, they tore it down. And so for Houston, I wanted to bring that back. You know, everything is connected to a deeper meaning for that person. And when it is, it's so successful. Like, I've never seen McDonald's merchandise sell out. That's not the thing. Like, you don't want to rock, you know, the golden arch around you. This was, who wants to rock a uh, a McDonald's chicken nugget yeah. body like that was the weirdest thing. I'm I'm stuck. Yeah. I, people have heard me say this like nine times. I'm cool with that. Just because who rocks a chicken nugget body pillow? Like how do you sell that? How do you sell that for more than fifty dollars? Like it's the craziest thing. And his merchandise is is unmatched is unmatched the shirt is almost like supreme prices yeah. like hoodies are like 200 and I'm, I'm gonna give you 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 go with the stats and then we're going to talk about kind of like the resale value that this man is worth because that's when you know you're good when your merchandise has a resale value of two three times more than the actual thing is crazy Crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's major. That's major. The the thing that stood out, man, was this was the first celebrity that McDonald's collaborated with since Michael Jordan. Mm. <laughs> like that that's gotta be something like, yo, what? You have waited since 1992. For, like it wasn't, you know, that's that's major. That's major. So I, I thought it definitely represented a lot. But man, just some numbers overall behind the concept. Right. Uh, of course, the 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 meal that they brought together was only available with with in, in McDonald's stores for just under a month. Right. It was September 8th to October 4th. Now, you can't really calculate specific numbers in terms of how the collaboration impacted each of them. But here's what I did. I looked at McDonald's stock price mm-hmm. prior to September 8th and then after October 4th. And check this out, Nikki, their stock price went up by 6% during that time period. How, wait, first of all, you're not going to speed past that like you didn't just say what you just said. Yep, that's major. You talk about stats, right? And remember, their share price is like $215 or so. So it went up to, 
It went up a good bit, right? 6%, it took them to 220-some. So when you, when you do your overall calculation in terms of their market cap, that brought some, some couple hundred, if not a, a bill, you know, like it, it brought in some serious numbers for them off of that. Mm-hmm. So the, definitely the, the advantage, and, and, and I'm sure you, you can speak to this a little bit more from a merch standpoint, is he funnels all the traffic back to his website. Yes. When we started doing our research, when I put in Travis Scott into Google, the very first thing that came up, and I must admit that that has not been the case for a lot of the artists and business people that we have covered so far, mm-hmm. the very first thing to come up on Google was his website. Mm. Not his wiki, you know, Wikipedia page or any other YouTube video or this or that. It was his website. So it shows that he's very strategic in pushing a lot of that traffic through everything that he does back to his website. And I'm sure that's something that he goes to the negotiation table with in knowing that, okay, here's what we can collaborate on. I'm sure I can help your company, your business, or your brand with such numbers through the storyline. But more importantly, here's my part of the benefit that I'm not willing to wager on. And it's that it's that merch side coming directly from his website and exposing the traffic through there. So I thought that was pretty brilliant as well. Yeah, his his merchandise is is crazy. And like like I said, the resale value, not only for the merch but as well as the sneakers, like if you could go on StockX right now, right? Um, and, I'll, and I'll see if I could put it up. So for my viewers on YouTube, you should see it. But his his Jordan 4, the blue ones, like $4,000. A hoodie right now, we're looking at like $191. Uh, what else? We have... Um, Face mask, 39, socks, 69, like $400 for a Travis Scott Astro World logo hoodie. $400. Like, yeah. Insane. Insane. And these are, everybody who is in the merch game knows that. It don't take that much to create merch. It doesn't. You, the, a shirt and a hoodie, the most can run you about $12 to make the most on a high end, $20, whatever. But we're looking at insane prices of resale value, which instantly brings hype beast. Once you have resale value, it doesn't matter what you put out. People are going to buy it because now it's limited, right? When he did the McDonald's uh, collab, that was all like how Moose said, shop.traviscott.com. That's the only place you could buy it. And you get a, a notification through email, right, of the lineup. He was selling cassettes uh, before the thing. He's selling vinyl. Um, When it came back to the McDonald's things, he was selling the McDonald's hoodies. Um, He has his own action figure. His own action figure. Like, and premium prices. So, he understands his value and even puts it within his 
own um his own merchandise but the biggest thing that I thought that happened this year was the Fortnite thing. The Fortnite yeah. thing, um, and, and I, I put it up for the YouTube uh, viewers right now. You had a whole concert. When people couldn't go to concerts anymore due to COVID, you had a whole concert that is not necessarily his crowd, Okay. Like we said earlier, he doesn't like titles, but he is considered a hip hop artist, right? But Fortnite does not only have hip hop, um, a hip hop audience. It has millions and millions of people playing and watching this concert. So what happened was he did a free, I think it was a couple of days, a free concert, right? And it then led people to exclusive merchandise. Yeah. Which sold out. Do you happen to yeah. have those numbers? I don't know if you have those numbers. Absolutely. Yeah. Twelve million viewers or streamers the first day. It was mm-hmm. a three day conference and they pulled twenty seven million throughout the three days. So you talk about twenty seven million people right. uh all going with the primary call to action. It's like, oh, we get to stream a free Travis Scott concert. Right. And then the only call to action, really, you talk about single single focus or just the primary focus for making the, the buying decision easy for the audience or people that you're working with, mm-hmm. buy some merch. Buy some merch. <laughs> so like the conversion of that, even if we say the average per conversion, 10%, you got about 2.7 million people who may have possibly purchased your merchandise during that time. Yeah, and the the crazy thing is, you ain't really see any hip hop artists do this. You re- yeah. you really haven't. Like, yeah, there are some. Um, whether it's two K, whether what was it that Def Jam uh, video game when they were fighting each other or something like that. Yeah, you've seen rappers on video games like that, but nothing to a point that brings in millions of people in one spot during a time that no one could be even around each other, right? Um, and you could tell if if you're looking at it, right, and and those who are listening on audio, just um, YouTube the uh, Travis Scott Fortnite, right? His whole theme between the Astro World is in the background, his sneakers, he's wearing them. Like, it, he has full control of even the creativity of the game when he's doing the concert. Right. And then on top of that, there was different uh, skins you can buy that then generates revenue for Travis Scott. There's, there's so many different ways that you could look at this overall getting Millions of views of millions of of people on the video game at the same time not only brings disgusting amount of brand awareness and then you have traffic to get the different features of the game. You're going to want to get the this specialized merch that no one else is going to get after a certain couple of days. He created scarcity for his brand in a whole new way than 
rappers has ever done. And so after that, what was The weekend did a whole concert on TikTok. So now you're making something of virtual reality or the gaming world now the new norm to advertise your music, stream your music, get your merch sold, bring brand awareness to what you're doing. It is crazy how I think I've seen this this concert uh, several times. Like he did a song with Kid Cudi that was uh, released in Fortnite. That you you don't get you don't have a special release in a video game, especially that's not yours. But that's the great thing about collaborations. He saw the benefit of being on Fortnite. Fortnite was one of the and maybe still is one of the um, most played games at a certain point. That's all you heard was Fortnite, Fortnite, Fortnite. Right. And they were getting in trouble, actually, for doing some of the the hip hop dances and everything. But they said, yo, we're going to collaborate with one of the biggest hip hop artists now. And it worked. It worked. Over and over yeah, again. It's a smart move. Yeah, it's a smart move across the board. I'm looking up how many Fortnite players there are around the world. Mm-hmm. 350 million players. Right. So it's like you, I don't know if all 27 million of the streamers were, you know, Travis Scott fans, right. but I'm sure it was an equal exchange where he got an opportunity to expose himself and his brand to a, another generation of, of an audience, whether they be from a different industry, just a gaming industry and overall or maybe even a different age bracket, but definitely a smart move on both ends. You know, the the part that I I wanted to add to, and I think it's important for us to talk about this because I don't think people ever make the connection as to why we say only collaborate with brands that you genuinely enjoy the product or the service or you rock with them. It's really because of the storyline, right? Like when, when you think of brand collaboration, one of the most important things that happens Outside of, yes, the visuals and the sales and all of that is important. Don't get me wrong. But more importantly, there's a a storyline that's told that makes it attractive and appealing. Right. So storytelling is not an easy concept overall, especially if you have to come up with the creative from A through Z. But if there was a natural connection that your business or your brand has with another complementing product or service growing up, especially... And you take that into the creative process, all you're telling is your story. And no matter if you mess up the script, no matter what you do, because it's your story, right? You can still say it in a way that comes off authentic, that comes off real, that people can connect with it. And then all the other factors will play in afterward in terms of, of course, your influence and the maybe the relationship that you have with your audience already. But yeah, I just wanted to highlight that part as well, because I feel like the storytelling piece of it, like him just saying like, man, late at night, I used to go, you know, McDonald's, get the extra lettuce on a quarter pound. Like that story, that story is just so organic that you're like, Yo, that's real. I like that. I would go to McDonald's or maybe I went to McDonald's and used to get something similar, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the the storyline of it is is another reason why people, you know, need to need to take that into consideration because it just it doesn't come off it the, the same way when you when you don't have that there. Right. And and going a little back to the Fortnite thing, what concert are you going to have millions of people in one spot? No stadium holds millions of people. Let's just say that. Nope. 
<laughs> nope. You know? Not at all. Not at all. And you didn't have to worry about security. You didn't have to worry about no health issues. Nothing like that. Parking. Nothing. Yeah. You didn't have you know, to and worry. The execution was flawless because if you think of the timing, mm-hmm. like shutdown in the U.S. happened, let's say mid-March. Yep. He, the, the concert took off April 20... I just had it up. April 23rd, I believe. Mm-hmm. So like you talk about April 23rd to the 25th with the exact dates. So like you talk about 30 days, four or five weeks to pull the execution of that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's still pretty flawless, man. It's like that execution is, is bar none, I think. Listen, I, and even, in, even with 2K, something that he's admitted playing countless of times, they have him as a player right, um, has his sneakers in there as well, you know, um, the the great thing about it when these uh, personal brands are working with, with top brands, they're, they're keeping their identity, you know, they're keeping what people know. You see the Cactus Jack um, logo everywhere, you know, his music is in there. So streams are still coming in, you know, um, everything that is identified for him as an artist is still being represented, not only with the McDonald's situation, not only with Fortnite and NBA 2K, but every single brand collaboration he's doing and is going to do is going to have his own style with it. And the biggest thing is not compromising your style, your swag, your merchandise just for the looks. That's the biggest thing that I love about Travis because it's, he has a unique sound and look. And when you're working with a Nike, you would expect some of that to get dumbed down when you're working with Fortnite you would expect that to get dumbed down and it was actually amplified a lot more. And, and he enjoyed it. It's not just about the money. He totally enjoyed it, but I think we were on this for a little bit, but I just wanted to make sure that people got that. Like not only is he just an artist, but the entrepreneurship moves that he's making is something that he enjoys. And we have to start looking at some of the moves that we're making and are we making it with uh, enjoyment and making a bag at the same time. Yeah, that's good. It's so important. Like you could be miserable because you got exposure. You could be miserable making a whole guap of money. But he is enjoying every second of it. And that's kind of the goal. That's like, that's a a, a, a point of success Yeah, that people yeah. should aim for. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, happiness has to be a part of the equation, you know, at some point in the game. I understand maybe in the beginning there's a, you probably have to sacrifice a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But man, at some point you want happiness to be in, that's part of your equation. So you can be like, okay, yep, this is worth the sacrifice. This is worth the the late nights and the early morning. So, yeah, to your point, I think he's definitely doing it right right now. Facts, facts. So for this last clip, y'all know I try to find like a 
deep saying and everything like that. However, Travis has a creative way of saying, I'm not going to say deep, but the mm-hmm. way we're about to break this down, um, it may be deep. I don't know. Moose may, may feel inspired. I'm always hoping the last one, he's like, that's good, Nikki. That's good. If I can do it, I'm pretty sure it's like a thousand more like people who can do it. They just don't know it yet. Then it's like another like hundred people who do know it, but they just haven't perfected their craft. And then it's 10 people who perfect their craft, know it, just don't have an outlet. You know what I mean? So we just got to do more of a better job than to make it easier. So let me set it up. Mm. So let me set it up. So uh, a typical saying uh, I feel like, but what I wanted to highlight is how he broke it down, right? How it was more like, okay, so some of y'all don't know what y'all doing. Like y'all haven't really put in the time, right? And then some of y'all put in the time but don't, you know, don't have the exposure, right? Don't have the tools and the resources and everything like that, right? And he sees it as like, yo, that's that's our, that's our part now. You know, there's only, he broke it down as like, yo, you didn't start. Yo, you, you just haven't perfected it. Yo, you perfected it. You just don't know what to do. For those people who are on that level, I need to do a better job and create opportunities and exposure for you because maybe necessarily that wasn't done for me. Right. So for him, he did, you know, the Catfish Jack record uh, record label and clearly with how he uh, is so close with his friends and provides opportunity for them because of their own skill level. Um, I think that that just shows where people are at when it comes to their lane. Have you started or have you started and just need more studying or have you started perfected your craft, but now you're in, in need of a network, a need of a a coach or mentor, some things like that tools and resources that maybe you're not, you don't know yet because you were never exposed to it. So I think how he noticed that and how he saw that there was a gap because of that, I think that was so dope to hear. Because some artists and and celebrities and things like that, they wouldn't ever acknowledge the gap. There's some, like, and we've seen it recently as we're doing our research, that they, they give back, you know? But even when we went over the Jennifer Lopez thing, she was like, yo, there's nobody who's done it. Like, I try to help uh, the artists, you know, who are coming up now because I've hit heights that no one else has. Yeah. So if I've hit heights that no one else has, I have to help those who are getting up in the ranks. I have to because there's no one who helped me. And, and the system of, of duplication is another way of success. You could keep it all, but if you're not passing that down, that's kind of selfish. It's kind of selfish, um, and it puts more work on you. 
and puts more yeah. burden on you. I don't, but yeah. some people don't duplicate themselves. Why, why is that? I, I'm going to go back to the insecurity thing, man. I think, you know, when, when you're... Moose is saying everybody's just, insecure. No, I'm not saying everybody's insecure, but, you know, I think we all struggle with, with it to some degree and yeah. at some point, and some of us struggle with it differently, right? Mm-hmm. Some of it is because it's really self-inflicted. Some of it is just a concern that everyone's out to come after our spot or that everyone's a threat to our position or our current success. So if I help you get to a level of success that I have, what if you were to knock me off of my throne? So like, and again, I know that may sound crazy and maybe no one is willing to admit it, but we know there's some people out there who have that mentality. Like it's got to be, it's got to be lonely at the top. And that's just not true, at at least not in, in today's world or especially when you're helping people to thrive in the areas that they're gifted in, mm-hmm. right? So th- th- there, there isn't really any competition. And I, I see it that way, but I love the shift that some of the younger generation, like Travis Scott, I think is 27, 28. So to see him making these adjustments at a, at a relatively young age, you know, it's, it's showing that the longevity of his career is going to be pretty healthy where there, there are people being positioned in opportunities that they can to grow and have their type of success. So I like that. The the other area that I looked through, looked at it through was kind of the law of average. You know, like you talk a lot about how more people are always saying, yo, everyone is doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's doing it, but they haven't perfected it, mm. <laughs> right? So like, even if everyone is out doing the same thing that you're doing, there's probably a thousand of them. Right. But how many people are actually masters at it, masters of the craft? Well, there's only 10 of the 1,000. Right. And even from the 10, they're not on a major platform where they're known, known worldwide, globally, nationally, however it is that you look at it. So I looked at it from the law of averages too. Like, man, if you look in, into an industry and you feel like it's saturated, maybe the question you need to ask yourself is, has everyone mastered that lane, that, that particular spotlight that I'm going after? Or is it just saturated for the sake of saturation? Should have just been the final word. I should have just uh. shortcut the process. <laughs> Sheesh. Lucky we have to figure out what he is. That would have ended. People, that would have ended it. I would <laughs> I was done at that. That was over. But all right, let's uh let's figure out what uh Travis Scott is. I don't know who is whose turn is it? Who's it my turn? Is it my turn? I think it's your turn because I went first on Drake. Okay, it's my turn. Yeah. All right, yeah. so uh, out of the flight assessment, I do not feel, I do not feel that he is an air traffic controller. Hmm. I, I don't feel um, that he is strategic in his ways. Um, I don't feel like he tries to process things and, you know, right. is cautious. I don't feel those, those things. He possibly maybe... In the background of some things, but yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't I'm see with you. It. That's an easy one. Yeah, yeah. I'll see it. Yeah, Dane. Okay, I'm going to say that he is not. He is not a pilot. As, yeah, I know exactly what you're thinking. <laughs> um, okay, so I feel like 
the past two episodes, we've been with like three kind of could be debatable. And I think we're back here with that just because um, there's a lot of things that hit with the pilot. Right. Um, But I do I do agree with you that there's two that are a bit stronger. I will say. He's higher, maybe like a fifth, like a 60 in, yeah, in a pilot, like 60, yeah, 70. Yeah, because the business moves are being made. Yes, yeah, yeah. That, uh, major, major ways, right? And um, the whole not feeling limited, you know, not like r- routine as well kind of thing. Like it, it, it's a pilot and flight attendant vibes for sure. But I I can't even be mad at it. I can't be mad. Yeah, I can't. Um, yeah, the I only just actually, at those two. actually, the only reason I almost wanted to keep the pilot a little bit more is because of his recent moves of not necessarily being in the public so much. I feel like there's a lot of moves being done in the background that when it comes out, it's major, right? And that could be grounds crew to an extent, but I feel like those certain moves and how it's executed and how even he had a a situation with like a cameraman years ago and how it got him in such a, a rage because it messed up his creative flow, right? I felt like the rage part, was a pilot move than necessarily a feelings of, oh my God, my creativity is messed up. This is horrible. And more in his feelings, he was like, yo, I'm throw this camera out kind of thing. So I, yeah, but I still agree. I still agree. It was Mm -hmm. high though. It's high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man. Okay. So, um, all right. I'm going to say, He is way too creative to be a grounds crew. He does have high grounds crew, but I really say he is uh, a flight attendant. I would say that. Hmm. What do you say? Yeah, yeah, I could see it. I was was leaning, honestly, towards the grounds crew just because of like... Yeah, and I'll tell you why. It's the... It's the super chill vibe. The now again, don't take don't. We're gonna leave his concerts out of this for a moment because I know you said it's it's straight mosh pits and right. <laughs> and people getting thrown all over right. into the place. But more so through through the free flow. Okay, not not laid back, but more so free flowing is the word that okay. I want to say. Like his creative process seems more so free flowing and looking for ways to create what's not been done without really forcing it. So he's not trying to put pressure on himself to to fit a certain box or like maybe wear a certain hat as it becomes to a rock star or artist or rapper, right? Like he's just kind of free flowing with it. He's like, man, I just want to do like lifestyle music. I just look at it as life. And I'm like, okay, I see some grounds crew in the, the free flow vibe, like just peacemaker of the world kind of thing. But is that a free flowing or just doesn't want to be boxed in? Because they don't like limitations. 
I see what you're doing there. I'm I see what you're doing just there. Just asking. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, just, I can see it. I can see it. That makes sense. Because he that said, he said, yo, each one has stereotypes. I don't fit the box. Like, I don't fit yeah. either or. I am me. This is, I, I think it's just music, right? Yeah. And I create music. And the, 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 I can agree with that he is one or the other. Um, so either way it went, I don't, I don't mind creatives actually have a grounds crew or air traffic control vibe because of what they do behind the scenes and their creative thought process. So I can understand the grounds crew, especially since majority of my team is grounds crew. Um, but how he created a whole genre how his performances are, how uh, big the collaborations are. These are not small little bits here and there, like some strategic uh, partnering, like other, um, you know, people we've gone over where we're like, yo, we didn't even know they had this business. We didn't even know they had this investment. He's very loud with what he puts his time to. So either way, I can understand. Yeah, yeah, definitely top two, though. Like, I would say these two are definitely up there. And, of course, the pilot, if not him, then there's definitely someone driving yep. some of these deals. Yep. But, yeah, I, I definitely can see see it rocking. But, hey, Trav, man, anytime you are wondering, like, man, I wonder what I am. Just, hey, just hit us up, man. We'll be more than happy to give you a flight assessment. You know what I'm saying? Check out the... Uh, <laughs> the exact scores. Facts. And if you haven't taken the flight assessment yet and you wanted to figure out what you are and and which of these uh, celebrities and influencers you kind of uh, connect with, go to fl- flightassessment.com, figure that out, get coached by one of our great extreme execution coaches. Hey. hey. Um, real quick before we go, right, real quick. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Nikki and Moose, go follow us Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central Time, something p.m. What is it? Four? Five. Five, five. four. No, it is four. Four, God, see? What? Four West oh, Coast man. Time, uh, Facebook.com slash Nikki and Moose. Go there, watch our live show. Uh, we have something coming up soon on the next podcast to announce as far as uh, the Nikki and Moose squad, we're creating a community. It's going to be a whole vibe. I'm excited about that. Um, And leave reviews. Tell us what you thought about this Travis Scott um, episode. Let us know the highs, the lows. What did you learn? What was the biggest lesson? What was the greatest quote that Moose said? Because he dropped like nine different bars and everything like that. Let us know. Right. But, Final words, Moose. What you got? Yeah, yeah I'm going to go back to that rock star rapper thing, man. I'm just going to say separate who you are from what you do. All right? Separate who you are from what you do. I know we talked about titles quite a bit, but that one I know is going to free some people. So there's a difference between really what you do for a living and who you are. And what you do for your work is not who you are as a person. So I'm going to say separate who you are from what you do. Oh, I don't know why we got to this view, but I'm ending it. <laughs>